0: You're listening to Serious Inquiries Only. Hello and welcome to Serious Inquiries Only. This is episode 153. I'm your host, Thomas Smith. And today I have, uh, later on, I have a brief interview with comedian and state senate uh, in California, candidate in 2016, and satanist and atheist Steve Hill. Uh, I'm interviewing him as part of the California Free Thought Day promotion that I'm doing again this year because it's a really cool event and I'm happy to support it. Unfortunately, I can't go this year. It times out badly with uh, something else that I already had committed to. But nonetheless, I'm happy to still do some promotion for them because it's a great event and you should go. It's a a cool thing. It's got cool people. And I'm going to be speaking with one of them just in a few minutes here. But I wanted to take a second to do a little bit of a little bit of commentary. I don't do it as much anymore, but there's a couple things I want to talk about. First off, this is very simple. Uh, Yes, there probably is a tape of Trump using the N-word and no, it's not going to make any difference. So (laughs) we all should prepare for the time. Fast forward to when the tape exists, we hear it. Although, side note, I think we probably, don't you think we would have heard it by now? I think it probably does exist from the people who have said it does. I mean Penn Jillette said he was there. And I don't I don't think he would just make that up. But let's say it does exist. It is weird that it hasn't come out yet. I mean it probably could be some legal reason or some whoever has custody of it uh is somebody that doesn't want to hurt Trump. I don't know. So I don't know why now. Like even, even if we're hearing about it because of Omarosa, I don't know why that would mean it would come out. Would that make it maybe newsworthy and then change the legality of it. I don't know. But let's assume it does exist and it does come out. I think we can all be certain that it won't make, it will make very little difference. Very little difference. Right? I mean, as I saw one tweet that was very good, that was essentially, hey, I have an audio tape of Trump calling Mexicans rapists. And it's like, yes, it's already out there. We already know who this guy is. It's all, it's, we know. If you don't know by now you are incredibly stubborn because he's told us exactly who he is. And I think the people who support him are for the most part people who are very comfortable with who he is. I mean the Access Hollywood tape made very little difference. You know it made it it, it took a dent for a minute and then once every, every Republican realized oh wait there's there can be no consequences we can still just go along with this, and it's fine, and nothing happens, okay, we'll do that. And now that's been the option ever since. It's it, You think there's going to be consequences, and then Republicans in power realize they don't have to—the consequences are them. That's the thing we didn't understand about institutions, is institutions are humans, and humans can say, oh, I just don't have to do this. I don't have to say that this is disqualifying. I don't have to bring about articles of impeachment if I don't want to because I'm a Republican and I want to hang on to power— And uh, that's been the issue. I think it will be the issue if this tape ever comes out. I imagine, though, like I I could see an argument for the fact that Trump's approval rating has gone back and forth. You know, it's been as low as in the 30s and it's been as high as, you know, in the mid 40s or whatever. I could see there being an argument that a tape like this would... Tick that back down to just the hardcore supporters and you'd lose a few people who are Republicans, but were a little uneasy about Trump. So who knows? I guess it could be the difference maker in that sense. But I just all I want to say is in a previous world, we would have thought that something like this would move someone from a 50 percent approval rating to a zero appro- percent <laughs> you know, or or a near zero approval rating. That's the world we thought we were living in three years ago. And we've come to find out we aren't living in that world. I I think it'll move the needle very, very little. I also wanted to talk about Ohio 12. So I believe as of right now, we still don't have the final tally. But best information I have right now is Balderson, the Republican, is up by, what are we at? 1,564 votes. So close. So close, guys. Voting matters. Voting matters. Every vote matters. Sure, you're one person. But could you affect dozens hundreds of people could you affect do- could you affect a handful of people could you encourage a handful of people to vote if you lived in that district and then maybe those people would encourage a handful more you know it's it's not unrealistic to think that we could make a difference each of us could make a difference when the margin is as small as 1500 votes it's tiny but what I really wanted to talk about with this is, this. there there actually was quite a bit, when when these elections came back, it was even trending on Twitter, people were lashing out against the Green Party, because Green Party candidate Joe Manchik got uh, 1,100 votes. And it's interesting, because on opening arguments, Andrew will make jokes about Jill Stein voters, and I think I've said a few things, maybe early on after 2016, I, I may have Express some outrage at Jill, certain Jill Stein voters, but that's mainly because I had a debate with somebody on the show who said they were supporting Jill Stein because they believe in women or some crap, but really hated Hillary and had all the same Trumpian conspiracy theories about her. And so it was kind of more geared toward that. When when we gets right down to it, there's a lot of argument going on. I want to try to filter through some of it. The first thing is I tend to, when I express... A certain level of dismay at elections uh, and and the voters. The first thing I get back from a, an awful lot of people, it's a very bizarre thing. Awful lot of people, even, and these aren't, you know, Trump voters. These are just athe- liberal atheists as well, usually, is don't, we can't shame the voters. Shaming voters doesn't work. It's weird. It's like a knee-jerk thing I get from a lot of people. And I can't help but think like, Okay, I'm just expressing myself on social media, and I do think non-voters are the key, but I'm not under some illusion that this is getting to them. Do Are we operating in a world where my tweets are getting to the non-voters in Ohio's 12th district? Uh, I mean, it might be different if I had bajillions of followers, but, you know, I've got like 5,000 followers, maybe six on Twitter. It's not as how many of them could possibly live in Ohio's 12th district. You know, I'm just expressing a frustration with people who in this day and age, in the age we're living in, aren't voting. And so it's kind of one of those things where people are like, oh, don't do the nothing that you're doing. Because it is not tweeting is nothing. Tweeting doesn't do anything. And I and I don't think it does either. I'm that's why, you know, I'll tweet here and there when I'm frustrated, but that's more I'm expressing myself and and People might get some, you know, some catharsis out of me expressing myself if they agree, or maybe they'll disagree and we could we could argue about it. But I'm not under any sort of illusion that that's a direct contribution to anything. It, it doesn't do anything. What really does stuff is volunteering, phone banking, knocking on doors, getting out the vote. That is what does stuff. So arguing about like which version of nothing is the better version of nothing, like my version of nothing is... I can't believe people are not voting it's very frustrating please vote like too many people are not voting the even in in this day and age these elections are the the, the share the share of people who are voting is so small and it really shouldn't be and yes there are all kinds of ways that republicans keep people from the ballots of course but there are also a ton of people who just don't vote or they forgot or they you know they maybe they're not quite enthused enough uh, about Danny O'Connor himself which to in my mind makes Absolutely no difference. So I'll express fr- frustration, but but that's nothing. And then there are people who argue back, no, no, your version of nothing is bad. What you ought to do is shame the candidates. That's what the, the argument they make. it's the it's the party, the Democratic party, and the candidate. And what is so interesting to me is there was so much knee-jerk reaction to this election where people are like people are tired of this same old thing, they're tired of the establishment. It's like, do you know anything about Danny O'Connor? Because I don't. (laughs) I don't know anything about Danny O'Connor. And I don't think you do either, to be honest with you, Mr. Person I'm arguing with on Twitter. I'm pretty sure we both don't know anything about Danny O'Connor because he's just a a no-name Democrat. And it occurred to me that, you know, I'm not speaking in absolutes, but it might be that, yes, there is a Democratic establishment, sure, that exists. But now I'm thinking there's also kind of an anti-establishment establishment to the point where it doesn't really matter who the establishment is. There are people who are just against the establishment for, <laughs> for its own sake, you know, and it's that's also not good. But the bottom line is neither Danny O'Connor nor a, a, a significant number of Ohio non-voters in the 12th district are on my Twitter account. There's just no statistical way that's true. So it's Two versions of nothing. And and I it's just kind of weird that we're getting, I get a lot of <laughs> policing of which version of nothing I should be doing. Should I be doing this version of nothing or your version of nothing? They're both nothing. The truth is we need to do things like sign up for swingleft.org or whatever, you know. And if that is, if you support Democrats and if you think it's a moral baseline that Republicans ought to be voted out, that's what I think. I'm um, going to mention that in the future here in my interview. In a minute, but I think that's a moral baseline, uh, and and we need. If 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 you disagree, then we'd need to have that argument. But if you agree, then there is no argument. Whatever we can do to get people to vote for Democrats is the good thing. And me saying on my Twitter uh, that I'm that I'm upset that people didn't vote—that's not changing anything one way or the other. So stop it. And then the other thing is, uh, you, this might be unpopular. I don't know, but I for one actually don't really care about these green party voters you know like some people some people are trying to make arguments both ways so here's here's some of the arguments so one argument is well at least they're voting blame the non-voters and then the other argument is well some of the non-voters might be dis- disenfranchised people people who you know were were erased from voter rolls or whatever it might be whereas these green party voters they're at the polls they're they they did all the things except the part where they wrote in a name or checkboxed box the name that was going to make any difference uh, and so there's some frustration with green party people uh, for that reason and first step is first the green Party votes even if they all went to the Democrat I d- it wouldn't have been enough I mean it would have it would have made it close so maybe these provisional ballots that are still outstanding maybe it, you know that could swing the, the the vote but it's less than the difference between the two candidates right now it's 1100 versus 1500. But also, and this is probably going to be insulting, and I, I mean it, uh, it should be insulting. One of the reasons I don't, I'm not wasting too much time with Green Party voters, at least in the Ohio 12th, is A, I can't reach them as I've already established. But even if I could, honestly, if you, in this day and age, with what Trump and the Republicans are doing, and how much they're just ruining the country, if you still think the two parties are the same... You're kind of as lost as a trump voter in my opinion i I don't really i don't people are seeing the green party voters as like, well, they should be Democrats, but they're not and it's for me, it's like if you're that misguided right now in my opinion, if you're that misguided, you're just as gone as a as a trump voter you know like i I honestly believe that so we might as well talk about all the Trump voters who went or the, well, Balderson voters. Sorry, I, <laughs> Freudian slip, but it's kind of one in the same. Uh, all the Republican voters, the 100,000 Republican voters who voted for Troy Balderson. I mean, if you right now in this moment in history are still somebody who's going all the way to the polls and saying, well, I made the effort. I'm here or mail and vote, whatever it is. And uh, but no, still the Democrat and Republican, they're the same. If you're still there, you're as lost as a Republican voter. So that's why I just don't even I I don't even care. Even if the Green Party voters were like 7000 or 20,000 or, you know, you're you're throwing away your vote. It is exactly the same. I tweeted this. People were saying it's a vote for this Green Party candidate is the same as a vote for Balderson, the Republican. And that's not true. I mean, just mathematically, that's not true but it is the same as not voting. <laughs> Mathematically, it's the same as not voting. And I always, it, it, people come at me or online or whatever the argument is, well, yeah, I'm allowed to vote for the candidate I want. So, you know, third party. And if everybody did that, then they would be elected. And the simple truth is that you know that's not going to happen. We have these things called polls, you know? Like if if we were all going into the election blind and had no idea... Well, then, I mean, you might have an argument that, okay, you just look at who you're going to vote. But when you go into the election and you know that the Green Party candidate has absolutely 0% chance of winning and you still vote for them, you are doing nothing. You are throwing away your vote. You This, this is what I always want to say to these people is, why don't you just write in your own name? Is it mathematically much different, you know? Joe Manchik got 1,100 votes if I had written in my name or if I was, you know, in my uh, teen years, if I was like 12 and I wrote in Michael Jordan or something, it's effectively the same. Like mathematically, it's very little difference. Like my name, if I write in Thomas Smith, I have almost mathematically as much chance of winning as uh, whoever the Green Party nut job is who believes in aliens and all this stuff anyway. So that's what I always say. And that, that, doesn't just apply to the Green Party, that applies to anyone, especially upcoming in 2020 or whenever, who who wants to vote third party and thinks like, well, if everybody did it, then it would be fine. Yeah, but everybody's not going to do it. You have the information, you know, in the poll, it's the same way that you know you have no chance and the same way that I know I have no chance or whoever, you know, uh, Eli Bosnick has no chance, whoever we want to write in we know they have no chance. So if you put that in your ballot, you are voting for nothing. You are voting for someone who has zero percent chance. It doesn't do anything. It might make you feel good, but it's pointless. And, and and if the if the polls show differently, it would be a different story. If 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 you're going into an election and the polls show that there's three candidates who all have thirty three percent support, well, that's a hundred percent different scenario. Then vote for who you want. I'm not going to blame you. So anyway, sorry for the ranting, but I just saw a lot of really dumb arguments that I wanted to clarify. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not any more mad at Green Party candidates than I am at Republicans, or or I'll put it another way. I'm the same amount of mad as at these Green Party voters as I am at these Republican voters. And I think it would take just as much to convert them. I think it's it pretty much, you know, like if you, oh, well, I've already said it, but yeah, if, you, if in this day and age, you think the, the parties are the same, or you think these two candidates will have the same effect Well, then uh, you're, you're lost, in my opinion, and we can try to reach those people, but it still is true that the biggest wealth, the biggest reserve of potential Democrat voters are liberal leaning people who stay home or don't vote or forget or just maybe need that extra nudge from a phone call, from a door knock, whatever it is. That's still the, those are the people we need to be trying to get because they are the the ones who we could actually make a difference with. You know, we could we could spend X hours of our lives on certain people. Figure, think, yeah, think of it that way. You've got 10 hours of volunteer time. Should you spend 10 hours on Twitter uh, ranting? No. Should you spend 10 hours trying to argue with a Republican or a Green Party voter? I, I really don't think so. You should spend 10 hours phone banking or door knocking or doing whatever it takes to that will actually maybe make a difference in the election. And and that's, that's what I believe. So uh, you feel free to come at me if you, if you don't, (laughs) if you disagree, but that's how I look at it and we need to vote in November. Okay. Now with that obligatory message aside, anyone who is volunteering, phone banking, doing all those things, swing left, whatever, there's some good organizations that I've checked out as well. Uh, You are the best. You are doing actual things And also, same goes for people who are showing up and voting. You are the best. You are doing actual things uh, if you're voting Democrat. If you're voting Green, you are not. You are doing nothing. Uh, Or (laughs) if you're voting Republican, you're voting to harm the country. But other than that, uh, that, that's where I stand. And now I've got to get to my interview with Steve Hill. Steve is an interesting guy. Uh, He has a a ton of various experience. Uh, He worked as a corrections officer. Kind of funny. He worked for CDCR. I, I later worked in the budgets for CDCR for a few years, not at the same time. Uh, he he predates me a little bit, but I thought that was a funny coincidence. Steve is an activist, he's an atheist, he's a Satanist, uh, which is kind of funny. I take it for granted that people listening, uh, for the most part, don't think of Satanists the same way ever since I did an interview with an actual Satanist. So, if you're not familiar, go back and check that out. Uh, but Satanists actually have pretty good values, you know. It's it's not it's not the the cartoon version that you would think they are. If you are like a Republican mom or something, <laughs> Steve's also a comedian, and he's also going to be the MC for California Free Thought Day, as I mentioned. So, lots of stuff to talk to him about. Let's get over to it. i am joined by steve hill steve how you doing how's it going doing really well i'm excited to talk to you and uh we're talking in part because of california free thought day so you're going to be the mc for that is that correct
1: yes i'll be the mc for california free thought day after performing there uh, i think i performed there a stand-up comedy two years ago this time i'll be going back in mc capacity hopefully i will uh keep the the day festive and entertaining.
0: <laughs> awesome, yeah. That's just to throw out the day. That's October fourteenth. Now I went last year, so it sounds like I missed you because I I just started going last year. Uh, but I went last year, and I was going to go this year, but it turned out that the uh, the there was a schedule conflict. So unfortunately, I can't go. But I very much uh, believe in the event, and I like it, and I wanted to toss a little little free advertising toward California Free Thought Day because I think it's a great event and. Uh, I'm, I'm sad I can't be there, but I'm sure you guys will have a, a great time, uh, regardless. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah! Oh, yeah! You know, anytime anytime Satan shows up, it's time to start the party.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, with that said, I would love to learn more about you and your story because you've got a lot of interesting experience <laughs> and m- many different uh, facets. But, how did you? come to this maybe we will start from the beginning i take it you are an atheist right oh for sure no doubt how long have you been an atheist
1: pretty much since i can remember oh okay never really uh delved into thinking other than that whole story in the bible was bullshit you know (laughs) yeah even though when you're a kid you want to try to try to please your your mother you know in african-american families it's going to be the, the mother that uh Insist that you go to church every Sunday, even even after trying to. You know, just the the real the realism in me. Even as a young kid, it was so far fetched the story that somebody's coming back and everything's going to. It just sounds like bullshit. So <laughs> I I had to pretty much toss that early in my life, you know, which was good for me because it made me realize the seriousness of my situation, which was you know basically growing up poor
0: yeah. and how,
1: how to get out of it from a realistic perspective. It's like, okay, let's, let's do this. You know, yeah. I know I didn't want to stay in that condition for any extended period of time. So, you know, you grow up quick when you don't, when you can't have that crutch of religion to to fall back on
0: to
1: yeah. that hope to make you think, you know, I just use the, the hope of realism and the hope of getting an education and the hope of getting out of, out of that environment and I knew what I had to do, so I, I, you know, I dealt with it from a realistic perspective from a very young age. So,
0: yeah, sounds like it. So your your BS detection abilities uh, go back as basically as far as you can remember, huh?
1: Pretty much, pretty much. Wow.
0: How was it with your family when you, you know, I did you did you kind of make it clear that you weren't into this, or how did that go?
1: Yeah, I think I made that clear a long time ago. <laughs> you, know, you know, gradually. You don't want to shock black people too much. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think I made it pretty, pretty clear years ago. Yeah. Was
0: it, was it, was it an issue with your family? Was it?
1: My mother and I, we've had some contentious debates, but you know, she's in her early nineties now. So it's like, okay, why bother? (laughs) I'm not going to take that away from you at your, at your age.
0: Right, right, right. Well, that's good. So it didn't, it didn't end any relationships or anything.
1: Uh, i got some i got some relatives i'm not too tight with (laughs) you know we don't call each other they don't call me i don't call them if i see them you know i'm i'm nice and cordial and and all of that civic and civil and Hmm. but you know i don't think we go out of our way to like call up and see check in like normal family people how you doing you know what's Hmm. going on you all right i haven't heard from you but yeah and i'm sure you know it's behind religion but i you you learn to to not really care about that very much.
0: Hmm. So it sounds like from what you're saying that uh, it seems as though your view is that religion can kind of hold you back and can hold people back from maybe facing the reality of their situation. Is that, is that something you believe? You want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, for sure. That's, you know, that's kind of why I do what I do. It's, The fact that that we are stuck in these hyper segregated areas of the country,
0: Hmm.
1: not thinking about, you know, how how can we get out? You know, this this system has basically placed us in in these ghettos, which I always ask myself, you know, this is the richest nation on the planet. Why do why do we still have ghettos? Is it because we still have black people or will it? Will it somehow magically change once everybody finds out that this whole church thing has been a scam and now we can figure out how to get out of this crap?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I just remembered you you mentioned you just finished uh, Color of Law, I think it's called. Is that the one? I mix up the name sometime, but I've also read that yeah, book. The color, the
1: color of Law by Richard Rothstein.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm reading that and I'm doing research on several different books because I'm getting ready to do a tour of Missouri. Hmm. And uh, I got to you know, I'm a I'm a real estate professional. I, I've been appraising real estate since 2004. And that was a few years before the mortgage meltdown. So I've seen like this whole economy, this whole world economy just get wrecked. And, uh, you know, a lot of African-Americans were, were hurt by it the most because, yeah. of course, in our communities, we know the least about real estate and how it works. And how it's all set up, and you know how beneficial it could be as far as leveraging real estate yeah. to do things like start start businesses and uh, send your kids to college. No one tells us all of this stuff. the The importance of uh, maintaining proper maintenance on your house so that the level of conformity stays at a maximum. That way, the value, you know, of s- such properties will be at maximum capacity when you have conformity in a neighborhood, all the houses look nice, that's when you're going to have home values at their highest. They don't tell us all, all about that. In the places that we live in, not many people keep their, their can afford to keep their homes maintained. Not many people can afford to get out.
0: Right. Hey, so you ran for the state Senate in California. Do you want to talk about that?
1: I uh, basically ran as a black Satanist.
0: <laughs> I'm sure that, that probably shocked some people.
1: Yeah, man, I was uh, I shocked a, I shocked a lot of people.
0: <laughs> what are some of the, uh, I don't know, fundamental values that you you ran on in your platform?
1: Oh, basically, I had Bernie Sanders. Oh, platform, basically, that's who I was supporting at that that time, and because I thought that he was telling the truth. He's one of the first candidates to come out talking about over incarceration. Yeah, but I had a, a pretty much a front row seat to that. You know, working as a correctional officer. Right. Uh, yeah, you know, Bernie was just telling the truth. He's talking about income, you know, disparities and, and the, the 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 wealth gap and the the money where the money is going to these corporations. And man, I was a hundred percent behind him because he was just telling so much truth. Yeah, and his platform, and I think that kind of helped help helped me when I was running also because uh, I made you know had a, a little bit of publicity behind it. I was on uh, uh, TMZ, did a story. Time, I think Time Magazine. I was in there. Several other places. I know I was on uh, InfoWars because someone posted <laughs> my, my home address.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, that's scary.
1: Because I was a black Satanist. I was going to say office.
0: you're you're pretty much their nightmare scenario, huh? <laughs>
1: oh yeah. Oh, I'm just every everything wrong on <laughs> earth. It's a black man, a Satanist, a devil. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They they call nine one one just to see me walking down the street. <laughs>
0: Oh, man, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> uh.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, that helped me, though, because people would go and Google me and look me up. And they see that I was a big Bernie supporter in real life at my website and all of that. And it actually, I'm sure, got me some votes. I think I got over 20,000 votes. That's not bad. Right.
0: It's not too bad at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and I didn't come in last once again. So, Yeah, hey,
0: that's that's all you can ask for.
1: What what do you think last, you I mean, you beat somebody.
0: Yeah. What do you uh what did you think you learned and, and took from that experience?
1: Oh, I, I I just learned that this this politics is, you know, I saw how it worked. I saw how the, the Democratic Party never contacted me, never, hmm. you know, never acknowledged my existence because I was running against the the party's candidate. Right you know they never after after the primary was over they they never like came to me and was like hey you you want to you know you want to support our candidate or like those were votes that he probably could have used
0: hmm.
1: you know but they just they would rather not have that the atheist or secular vote yeah. because you know I, I guess they reached some kind of point of diminishing returns where they just you know discarded as no we we can do without it cuz we don't want to lose any votes cuz you know the democratic party base is black people and you know they're like 90 percent religious yeah so they're they're caught up in a conundrum that uh, kind of difficult for them but yeah i still didn't like that my treatment by the democratic party and i plan on switching it to go independent uh, hmm. for the presidential election
0: oh that's interesting just in your in your personal registration
1: yeah i'll, I'll be an independent voter the rest of my life wow. the democratic the Democratic Party you have kind of disenfranchised. I'm kind of uh, disenchanted I shall say with, with them after what I saw them do to Bernie Sanders that that kind of pissed me off that whole inside game that's what I'm saying politics is an inside game it's all about money and the sooner we can get money out of our political system, the sooner we we'll, we will have anything near a democracy.
0: Well, I'm uh, I I don't know if I quite see the same way. Um, I I believe in Democrats. I don't think they're perfect, but I would say that I think Bernie had an incredible impact on the Democratic Party, and I I imagine I would bet on a lot of his platform and a lot of his message coming through with whoever wins the 2020 presidential primary. Don't you think?
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I I, I liked that he was in the race just to, just to make Hillary go to the left a little bit. Yeah. I figured that that's what he would do. At least he would pull her over to the left, you know, and if she would have had any sense at all, she would have made, you know, Bernie her, her vice, vice presidential pick. I mean, that was that was the most detrimental decision, I think, in the, in the uh, 2016 election. Why wouldn't you put Bernie on the ticket? Someone who's splitting the Democratic ticket, why wouldn't you put him on the ticket? The people that didn't vote, the ones who elected trump basically
0: yeah i agree with that
1: so without putting bernie on the ticket how many of his supporters stayed home you know the russians weren't the only ones fighting about it on facebook i saw tons and tons of fights so i'm sure a lot of a lot of those votes were were lost you know i mean i was smarter than that i voted for hillary because i know how math works (laughs) you know and i didn't want trump to be elected president
0: well i appreciate you saying that that's one of the biggest arguments i i have with people even if they don't think that you know hillary was perfect or they even dislike hillary quite a bit i'm i'm glad you made the vote just because uh truly once you're at the end there you get a choice you know the primary that's, is is the got, time to fight
1: yeah you got a binary decision to make
0: yeah you know
1: it's well, not three people anymore it's a math problem you got two people
0: yeah, I'm really I'm really glad to hear you say that because that's the message. Especially with the the Supreme Court, I mean, it's just too important to be, right. we had to be too, messing much, with. too much
1: at risk, too yeah. much at, at stake. Yeah. And I wasn't I wasn't happy with Hillary by no stretch of the imagination. Her and Bill Bill Clinton put more black people in prison than Richard Nixon. They they had more prisons being built, more cops on the street, and those a lot of those cops. That's where we have problems today. A lot of those cops weren't vetted. Trust me. A lot of yeah, those cops get
0: well, strange. I agree. I also, I have to say, I put a lot of the blame on Newt Gingrich and the Republicans in the 90s. They drove, they they absolutely threw a wrench in Clinton's presidency. He started off progressive and then they just, there was a Republican bloodbath in Congress in 94. And then he couldn't really, he had to go centrist after that.
1: Yeah, but right. But you, you, you could, just like you see Trump doing and like you saw Bush did at the end of his presidency. You got, you got some executive powers there. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you're in the in the, the last state your presidency. You could you could do some stuff,
0: right? Instead, Bill Clinton pardoned his uh, what was his brother-in-law or something. Yeah, no, I agree with. I I'm not a Bill Clinton fan, but I don't blame Hillary for Bill. Also, right? Uh, but <laughs> right, but
1: she's there when you when you know she's making comments like super predator and things like that. That kind of lets you know that she's kind of close to the to the White House when she had You know, Hillary cared. I mean, come on. First ladies carry a little weight.
0: Yeah, I feel like uh, we probably should move beyond the Clintons <laughs> in any in any case, don't you think?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's move on to Clintons. Let's yeah. talk about Trump. Trump
0: supporters. Ugh. <laughs> oh.
1: That's what's messing up the country right now. All we can do is look to the next election. So
0: True, true.
1: We know where we that one's sitting at. And that's the midterm, so we get the, get the house back. And
0: so we can impeach Trump. How about
1: that? Hey, how about, we. How about that segue back to Trump?
0: We could not agree more. I I totally agree. I'm glad, even though you uh, are are changing to independent, and uh, even though I I understand, sounds like the the Democratic Party within California in the State Senate anyway uh, didn't treat you well. But I'm I'm glad we we still can agree that voting Republicans out is is a necessity. Right at this point, it's not, a moral it's not, necessity.
1: It's not an option. Yeah. <laughs> That's like. Going to church Sunday morning or not going to church Sunday morning—it's not an option. I know what I'm gonna do on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's football on, so
1: <laughs> yeah, that's messed up for a brother. Because man, we can't—we ain't got football no more either. We got to protest that.
0: Shit. Oh yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, it's it's frustrating.
1: Take a knee. Can't even take a knee. Can't yeah. even, can't even take a knee. Can't even protest in your own country. Think about think about trying to make make black people do things that's really not in their best interests. You know, that that song, that national anthem, that wasn't for us. How yeah. you going to make me stand to some shit that wasn't even written for me? That wasn't for us. And that that last line, the land of the free, like who's free were you talking about? When that song was written, we were slaves. They weren't even talking about us. And they're going to make us stand for that? Must be out your goddamn mind.
0: I could not agree more. That is fantastically said, and I wish the NFL would have a little more backbone with that. I'm kind—I of, can't believe. I mean, I guess it's Jerry Jones's NFL, though. So
1: once again, money, capitalism, yeah, greed yeah, raises yeah. its ugly head, and it stomps out humanity.
0: Yep, and the players. I mean, I—it's—it's it's so scary too because they have such a short potential career that they don't want to jeopardize, you know, their chance to to make yeah, money. But you
1: know what? If they had any leadership. If they had any balls, any leadership—no pun intended—they could go start their own damn league.
0: <laughs> Get black owners. Who's gonna? Who's gonna see? Or at the a, at the very least, they so could awesome, all just kneel. Like you guys playing on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> at the very least, they could all just kneel, and then what? Are, what are they gonna do? Throw out everybody? Right. Exactly. exactly. I don't. Yeah. I wish they would. I really don't understand that. I. I don't. It's weird. But right. Yeah. It's, it's,
1: you know. Every, I'm for myself. You know, it's everybody for themselves. That's the whole problem with our ethnic group as a whole. We, we have no unity. We don't know when it's time to stick together. All this marching and yelling, man. Money counts in America. If all those football players, all the, all the brothers, just said, no, nah, you know what? We're going to sit out. But I was hoping the last Super Bowl, I was hoping that they would just not come out for about five minutes. That'd be all it oh, takes. Oh, yeah. Don't come out for about five minutes and then go, now do you motherfuckers see who has the power here in this relationship?
0: (laughs) I wish I, yeah, I, I absolutely wish that would happen. It would be amazing.
1: Yeah. And then, and then continue the game.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll play now. We'll play. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's, it's very frustrating and I cannot believe that also in the end too, it's just a Trump distraction to, to, to make people fight amongst themselves while he's, Right. Colluding with Russians or doing well, that, God that's knows
1: that's what to his base.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: All of that. Get those son of a bitches off the field. Yeah. All of that, you know, that's that's red meat to his base. That locking kids in cages at the border, wrapping them up in aluminum foil, all of that is for his base.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Steve, uh, let's I, I think we're about out of time. Do you wanna um I, I can point people to Stevehillcomic.com if you want to check out your website. And uh, is there anywhere else you want to point people online?
1: I'm getting ready to do a uh, GoFundMe campaign. It's uh, to send Satan to St. Louis. You know, my nephew was murdered in St. Louis in February.
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah,
1: he was. He was murdered, gunned down. You know, like an animal. They they got it on on tape.
0: Oh, but, I'm so sorry to hear that. Would by the police or by somebody else?
1: By, by, by a person in the neighborhood. Let's say people that. Black people are forced to live with when they're congested in these inner cities. It was, uh, you know, a ghetto shooting, some kind of beef between two individuals. And uh, yeah, so I'm going back to St. Louis, man. I'm going to try to teach my people about real estate, how it works, the criminal justice system. How do we get racist cops? You know, I'm going to be going back teaching. But mostly it'll be about real estate how we got into these ghettos, how we can get out of these ghettos and, you know, try to teach people that maybe killing each other isn't the best thing we sh- we could be doing to get out of our current predicament. Maybe we can stop going to church and giving these preachers all our money on Sundays and uh, figure out a way how to get out of these ghettos.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great message. I'm so sorry to hear that. I, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, that. That's really sad and I, I can't even imagine so we'll point people to the website and uh, look forward to that that GoFundMe. And yeah, uh, wow, Call, yeah. Uh,
1: send Satan to St. Louis.
0: Send Satan to St. Louis. Got it. Yeah, I will put the link in the show notes.
1: Yeah, it'll be it'll be up in about two three days.
0: Okay, yeah, we'll look out for that. Hey, Steve, thanks so much, and uh, good luck. That's a lot of that's a lot of really good and difficult work you're doing. Best wishes to you, and and keep up the good work.
1: Well, thank you, Mister Thomas Smith. Thanks, thanks for having me on, and uh, looking forward to California Free Thought Day, where I will be the MC. And uh, you have a good trip. Wish you could have been there for yeah.
0: for Free Thought Day, but I know it's it's unfortunate. I really wish I could do both things. It was kind of I didn't know they were on the same day, and I committed to two things, and you know, yeah. I, I, oh, I trust I, me. As, yeah. a, as a comedian, it happens. I yeah. know. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, uh, but uh, that will be awesome. And anyone should go, uh, anyone in, in the area. It's a great event. And like I said, that that Free Thought Day will be October 14th is the main event this year. So you can see Steve and lots of other people, some of whom I'm sure you'll hear on the show uh, coming up. So Steve, thanks again. Best wishes. And uh, we'll talk again sometime.
1: Sure. Good, good. Good time, man. Talk to you later.
0: thanks so much to Steve Hill and wow, uh, he we kind of talked about this after recording a little bit. Steve lamented the fact that he he kind of didn't bring up his nephew's shooting until the end there. It's something we could have spent more time on, but uh, the way the schedule is going and the and the recording time, we we were out of time, so uh, that was that was kind of unfortunate. But I I do encourage people to check out that GoFundMe. He said it's going to launch in a few days because that's horrifying, I, a really awful story. And uh, Steve told me more off mic very briefly, but his nephew had been threatened before and his nephew went to the police about the shooter and about what would later be the shooter and the police didn't help him. And then he, a few months later, was, was killed by those very people. Very horrifying. It's just another one of the many stories of being black in America and having been, put into, as he covered, as Steve talked about, put into through various systemic tools over the years, being put into ghettos and put into areas with, with, you know, intense poverty, bad schools and all that. You know, it's just, it's it's another one of the many costs of that systemic racism over the years. So very, very sad stuff. But I do want to thank Steve for coming on and talking and uh, giving us some insight into his life and his work. And I also want to say, uh, check him out at California Free Thought Day and check out the event in general in, in October. It's going to be a great thing. And with that said, I will see everyone next week. Thank you so much for listening.